I'm Mary Beth Huey. I offer writing and branding services for business and life. The business part is content strategy for entrepreneurs. It's intentional content marketing made fun, invigorating, and designed specifically for the entrepreneur and small business owner. The life part is rites of passage. It's about crafting ceremonies and ritual that honor life's big shifts, weddings, births, deaths, and other transitions. I'm trained as an acupuncturist and herbalist, and I bring a holistic, constructive approach to my work of revealing healing through beauty and self-examination, regardless of the medium. Find more of me at marybeth.substack.com. High up on the list of things that don't have to be painful but are is marketing for the practitioner of Chinese medicine. Most people, I'm guessing, did not go into acupuncture and herbal medicine with an excited desire to market their services. Maybe there are a couple of exceptions, a few outliers, and I reckon maybe I'm one of them. I came to acupuncture with a background in marketing that was actually born out of a background of writing, because one of the practical things a writer who needs to make a living can do is marketing. Over the years, I've seen that most small business owners, regardless of the industry, find marketing to be a right pain in the something or other. Their marketing becomes a singular source of stress that leads to all sorts of other pains. Perhaps a nagging feeling of never doing enough, or a vague feeling of unspecified sleaziness, or an actual panicky feeling when looking at the cost of hiring skilled and attentive marketers for a project. This feeling is often intensified for practitioners of Chinese medicine for various reasons. At this point, at least in the United States, where universal health care is non-existent and social safety nets are tattered at best, Chinese medicine practitioners do not have the same resources and structures that doctors and other kinds of healthcare providers have because we're operating outside of the mainstream. The medical doctor or physical therapist exits school and enters a sort of on-ramp into an existing establishment. In this setup, the marketing is taken care of. The system is in place. The prospective patients need only mild educating about what a doctor or physical therapist does, and referral structures are cemented. Even if the biomedical practitioner is starting out in small private practice, the burden of education we bear is still greater. We are bringing something foreign to our communities. And so, in fact, the need for marketing is even greater because we're attempting to bring in something new that people really have a ton of misconceptions about. We're in a different paradigm, but we do have something in common, often, with the biomedical practitioner, and that is the burden of high-dollar student loans. Because depending upon the school you went to and how much financial support you had while you were there, the loans can be comparable. Worst case scenario, the graduate from acupuncture school is simultaneously saddled with debt and tasked with opening a practice that pays for itself and for the practitioner. So right out of the gate, we can find ourselves in some really stressful circumstances. And one of the ways we get out of that situation, one of the ways the pressure begins to ease, the practice begins to fill, is through getting the word out. And getting the word out has a term, marketing. There are lots of different ways to market. And while I'm going to mention some of those ways today, I'm not going into specific details. I'm less interested in the tactics and more interested in the conceptual orientation that we bring to our marketing. Sales copy, sales funnel, SEO, social media, engagement, conversion, persuasion, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok. The more I list, it's likely the more stressed out you're going to feel. It can make you nuts. It will make you nuts. 
It exists to make you think you need it. And in a certain way, you do. But only in a certain way. Hello, everyone. Andrew Sturman here. I've been working with clients in Chinese medicine dietary therapy for over two decades in New York City. My focus is beautiful, simple, delicious, and health-supportive home cooking. Good meals can be inspired by the strategies of classic herbal formulas so that each meal is infused with medical intention from appetizer to dessert. This requires an understanding of the energetic properties of grains, vegetables, meats, fruits, and more, and knowing which foods are moistening, drying, building, clearing, warming or cooling, as well as their directionality. I've organized these teachings in my two-volume book series, Welcoming Food, where you can learn this theory, practice it in your own kitchen, and love doing so. See the positive reviews and incredible testimonials from practitioners and patients who've brought this material into their own kitchens. Welcoming Food Books 1 and 2 can easily be found online, and if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, where I'll be posting cooking tutorials, you can find me at Welcoming Food. Back to you, Michael. Thanks very much. The question is, do you own and use these tools, or do these tools own and use you? It depends on how you're orienting to it. Marketing has a whole lot of baggage, so what I want to focus on is releasing that baggage and burden and really using marketing as leverage, not as a stick to beat yourself with. Packing on every single marketing option that you can think of, like armor, is a surefire way to make yourself really unhappy and burnt out. Like everything, there's a proportionate relationship to respect in marketing. Let's have a little story time. I gave birth to my first child two months before I graduated from my four-year acupuncture and herbal medicine school. And I remember feeling like opening the practice with my husband, who I had met at that school, was like having another baby together. Like we had twin infants, except one of them we expected to feed all of us. And that's really what having your own business is, at least in this country, and I assume in others, although I hope there's more support elsewhere. It's a baby. It's its own entity that requires tending and that will evolve and grow into something both somewhat expected and utterly unexpected. However, it's a baby that immediately, depending on one's circumstances, has to not only pay for itself, but pay for you to live, to be able to tend it. So it's a symbiotic relationship at best, and a parasitic one at worst. A parasitic relationship with a practice is going to be that it's calling the shots in a way that's draining you, or you're draining it. And probably that dynamic goes back and forth, so you'll see the kind of deficiency stagnation pattern that we see in bodies. So since it is its own entity, connected to you but not you, things that you might want to do might not be right to do. For example, if I think of my husband's practice as the same thing as my husband, I'm going to be pretty confused. It's reflective of who he is. It's connected to who he is. It contributes to who he is. And it draws from who he is. But it is not who he is. It's something he has created that he is still creating. And like all things that are created, it begins to create itself. Just like this audio journal, right? When Michael had the idea to do Geological, he didn't know that he was going to try an audio journal. And when he had the idea to do the audio journal, he didn't know who was going to be a part of that. And when he asked me if I would like to contribute, He didn't really know what I was going to say. He didn't know I was going to say this. 
To say that this audio journal is Michael Max is silly, right? It's just silly. But it can become so easy to think of our practices as us, and they're not. So that's step one, seeing the practice as a distinct, not fully separate, very much connected being. And here's where we as practitioners can enjoy an inherent advantage when it comes to marketing. We can use our powers as clinicians to conjure up a marketing plan that truly serves us. So let's say somebody shows up at your clinic with stomach pain. To arrive at a diagnosis and develop a treatment plan, you're going to use the tools available to you. And within that toolbox, you'll choose the ones that resonate with you most. For example, most practitioners of Chinese medicine take the pulse in some form or another. Some look at the tongue, some might do hara diagnosis, color, sound, odor, emotion if you practice in the Worsley 5 element style. Could be lots of things. But would you do all of those things? I wouldn't. I'd do the things that I have the best relationship with, the things that give me the most information. I'm going to assess the stomach pain using the information I have at my disposal, and I'm going to create a treatment and a plan that I think will best serve the client. I may change that plan as I see fit. I may even change my diagnosis as more information becomes available to me, as layers get peeled back or however you want to word what's happening there. Call it what you want. Terminology is not universal, and it's not as important as doing the actual thing with fluidity. Two basic misconceptions stand in the way of people feeling comfortable using Chinese herbal medicine, even as they are feeling more positive about acupuncture. They are concerned about safety as herbal medicine is an unregulated industry and feel herbs are not effective to treat most conditions. Blue Poppy is committed to meeting all FDA safety regulations. All of their herbal products contain minimal or no filler to maximize potency and efficiency. Their granules are carefully manufactured in GMP-certified facilities, and every batch is tested multiple times for pesticides, heavy metals, and microbial content at the manufacturer and by SGS Laboratory, a Swiss certification and inspection company. For over 20 years, Blue Poppy has made quality and safety manufacturing standards their biggest priority, resulting in exceptionally effective herbal formulas. Their years of experience provide you with the best possible herbs so your patients have the best possible outcomes. With free shipping and free dropship service on orders over $50, Blue Poppy should be your favorite place to shop for herbs. Use the code CHI2024 to receive 10% off Blue Poppy products on your next order. We can, and I argue ethically ought to, apply this same process to the marketing of our services. Our marketing is, in actual fact, a simple extension of our medicine and our clinical style, and it behooves us to treat it as such. So how does one do that? What am I even talking about? Well, first, we take a look. We look at ourselves and we look at our business, by which I mean your practice. If you don't think of your practice as a business, if every time I say business, it makes you kind of shudder and say, ooh, gross, that's all right. I'm going to say business and practice because those are the words that make sense to me. And no way do I believe they are the words that need to make sense to you. You can call it your work. You can call it your calling. You can call it your livelihood. You can call it whatever word you need to feel like you're really connecting with whatever the heck it is you're doing when you work with people. 
grab your favorite thesaurus and find whatever word makes you not go ew, but makes you go yes. And you can also let that word change as you change. So spread your ideas out on your table at your workbench and get out your diagnostic tools. Touch them, rearrange them, poke them, and see if they make a sound. CSOE them, palpate their lohara, do whatever it is you need to do to understand the relationship between you, your practice, and what you want the people you believe you can help to know. Now we'll bring in a fundamental Chinese medicine thought, the three levels. In herbal medicine, we might call them qi, blood, and jing. Acupuncture might be more likely to use the terminology wei, ying, and yuan, which is the way I refer to them. The wei level is the quickest to respond. It's the outermost layer of your marketing. The ying, the nutritive level, we'd associate with the blood and nourishment. It's the middle layer. The yuan is the bones of the frame. All three levels are interdependent, and all three levels are important. A robust marketing plan will be at work on each level. And don't get freaked out. It can still be very, very simple. The three levels framework is useful both proactively and reactively in assessing the health of your business, both in how to plan and how to course correct. You can use the three levels to create your marketing strategy by asking yourself, okay, how do I want to work with other people? Am I most interested in way you win? You can use it diagnostically if something feels bumpy in your practice. Looking at each level to see if you're taking practical action there, and if not, you can figure out why. With these three levels in mind, look at the state of things in your practice. What's happening? Is it frozen? Is nothing happening? Are you seeing very few people and you need to speed it up? Maybe it just needs to be warmed a little. Or is the issue one of deeper cold? Maybe there's something happening at the nutritive level. Maybe it needs more nourishment. Maybe the blood is stagnant. It's a bit deeper than the way. It's time to bolster or invigorate. Maybe it's at the UN level. Maybe you need to notice that something really deep is changing, that this is a question of evolution. Some other things you might ask or notice, are you experiencing clinginess with a certain client or a pattern of clients? Is there a stagnant quality to your practice or perhaps a chaotic one? At what level are these things happening? In what ways can you attune your marketing communications to what's happening and direct it to what you want to have happen? I often say that marketing is a mirror. It reflects out to others and back to us, the state of our practice in more ways than one. It's not a magic wand, but so many issues can be resolved through clear marketing communication. Approaching marketing through the lens of the three levels will help you create consistent connections that build the relationship between who you and your practice are, who you're becoming, and how you're communicating that to other people. It helps you have a structure whereby people know you exist and they can begin to trust you, to understand what you're doing, and to know how to find you. And all of that is up to each of us to do with our practices and for our practices. And the good news is, it's a practice. And the bad news is, it's a practice. Thanks as always for listening. If you liked this conversation, if you learned something new or found a moment of inspired insight, share the episode with your friends. If you want to support Geological, there's just one way to do that. It's by going to the website and becoming a member or leaving a one-time contribution today. Well, folks, that's it for today.
Join us again next Tuesday for another conversation that connects up the voices of our community.